0: Okay, people, so it is that time again. Yes, yes, yes. So another week is another episode of Michael Chender. That's right, people. That's right. It's not as big as last week, but we are coming at you with four films. But before we do... Uh, let us take a look at the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 8th to the 10th of July. At number 10, it's a Doctor Who classic double. Field. Okay. At number nine is Brian and Hitler. Uh, this is from Jim Archer. It's written by David Earl and Chris Hawley. Starring David Earl, Chris Hawley, Louise, Green, Jane Mitchell, Nina Susanna, Lynn Hunter. Our is Mari is our number eight, right? We have London, not uh, it's Hollywood, not very right? So, at number seven, people, it is the black point. It's a new film right? Um, it's based on a Joseph Schoen novel, and it is written by C. Robert Carl and Dickinson. Starring Ethan Orts, Jeremy Davis, James Ranson, Mason Thames, Madeleine McGrath, Baxter, Esther, and Helen Lidro. Okay, so... At number six is a white, white Pixar joint. It is directed by Angus McLean. It is written by McLean and Jason. The voice cast chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, dale Souls, Takita Watiti, Peter he Uza, up James going team Lewis, Efren ramirez and Isaiah i keep a close
1: five,
0: know the last part, Right, of Colin Reverone's like Jurassic Trilogy, there, Jurassic Park, Dominion, and, and it is written by Reverone, Emily Carmichael, like and it's starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dane, Samuel, Chip Goldblum, and Wonderwise, Wise. we we go, right, Number four, Top the Maverick. You know? What I mean? So this is I uh, direct by Joseph Koniski, written by Eric Warner Singer and Aaron Truver. Starring Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Miles Teller, Kate Harris. Jean, Louisa, Kelly, Manny Jacuto, uh, 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 Glenn uh, Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barbaro, uh, Louis uh, Coleman, uh, Dean uh, Ramirez, Jake Pickens, and Jake X. At number three, it is Elvis, at new status the film, know, know. he I'm wrote it along with Sam Rommel and Craig Pearce, starring Austin Butler, I Tom Hanks, Olivia de Jonk, like Darcy I, like Montgomery, yeah, Montgomery, yeah, Montgomery yeah, David Wenham, Luke Bracey, Calvin yeah, Smith, McPhee, I, 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 Richard who who Roxbury, yeah, shit, fix, uh, body, 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 Kelvin yeah, Harrison yeah, like um, a number two now, is the Minions Horizon Group. Brian, Carl, Kyle Golda, Brad Binghamson, and Jonathan DeVau, written by Matthew Struble and Brian Lynch voice class Steve Corral Pig Hofen Aaron Arkin Michelle Yu Julie Andrews Russell Brand Jun-Col Dolph Logan Danny Trey Lucy Loris Juno Yang is a crazy voice i you and at number one, you know, it's For Love and Thunder. Right, Tackle, T.T. that I've again. Jennifer Keatling, Robinson, and T.T. wrote the film starring Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Natalie Portman, Melissa McCarthy, Christian Bale, Karen McGillan, Ren, Bradley Cooper, I'm here with Thompson, Tom Jamie alexander uh, Vin Vin my and my and trans- the it's and what she Some people. that's it now it's the time to close to i jump go out. Into this in the <laughs> (laughs) Okay, people, let's start things off with Ultras, Sniper's Eye. Well, people, I didn't understand this was a sequel, right? It's a fucking sequel, right? (laughs) Fortress. Well, Sniper's Eye. I don't. After watching it, the, the, the title makes no sense. Sniper's Eye. It's like, it really makes no sense. Right? Why they would call it that. Just call it Cy- Cyprus. Just call it Fortress 2. Right? That's more kind of, uh, you know, apt. But, yeah, this film, it is directed by Josh Sternfeld. Um, Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, he, he didn't direct the first one. But, yeah, he came on and directed the second one. Now, supposedly, I think they directed the first two back to back. And there is going to be a third. After watching this, you kind of think, like, where are they taking this story? Right? It, it doesn't end with a, like, oh, my God, what happens? Like, no. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Right? So it is written by Alan Horsenail. Um, He did write the first. And i like the first one as well. I think they must have just concocted the whole thing, right? So it's from a story which was created by Emil Hirsch and Randall Emmett. So they are the ones behind this. Uh, yeah. I would like to see this story. I think it's written on a napkin. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's definitely as thin as a napkin. <laughs> uh, oh my days! Okay, so it is produced by George Furler, Randall Emmett, um. Luilo Ruiz and Chad A. Verdi Now, when you go on IMVD there are so many executive producers on this it's, yeah you just look at it and go, no (laughs) no, what are we doing here? Like, not all of these people actually did shit, right? A lot of, a lot of this is just by name. This is insane. The amount of people they give you here. But music is from Jacob Bunton. Cinematography is Vern Nobles Jr. It is edited by Evan Alegren. Uh, Peter Cordova handles production design. Art direction is Jerry Blowham. Uh, costume design is Ana C. Ramirez Velez. Um, yeah, Francisco Curti and Katia Gonzalez Estevez. Um, you know, they deal with production, uh, management and all of that. So, in this film we have got Jesse Metcalf as Paul and Bruce Willis as Robert Paul's dad there's Kate who is played by Kelly Grayson she is now Paul's girlfriend um we have got Chad Michael Murray as Balzari, his wife Sasha is played by Natalie Yura. There's Blaine, played by Michael Siro. Um, Sandra, Blaine's girlfriend, played by Natalie Byrne. Um, Kate's mum, Carol, played by Welka White. Kate's sister Zoe, played by Gabriel Hoare. We have Ulysses, played by Sir Darius Blaine. Um, we have Madris, played by Leonardo Castro. Bisto, played by Adam Hugh Potter. uh we got. Um. Dave, played by Xavier Reyes, Ellen, played by Elisa Julia Smith. They're our, basically our main, our, our main, uh, lot of people, essentially. You know, and the gist of the story is this. Retired CIA agent Robert Carter Michaels and his son Paul have committed themselves to rebuilding Their relationship after their last um, epic encounter spent protecting the highly secure secret base, the Fortress. When Paul's wife, Melissa, is abducted, he and Robert, no, that's, that is not the fucking story. (laughs) <laughs> I mean I feel that's probably the story of the first one. That's bananas. That's <laughs> oh my gosh, that is uh it's a little crazy. That is a little crazy. Let us um yeah, let, let, let's do this. Right. This is yeah, this is more like it, right? So Um, Weeks after the deadly assault on Fortress Camp, Robert makes a daring rescue to save Sasha, the widow of his old nemesis, Balazari. But back in the camp's command bunker, it appears Sasha may have a devious plan of her own. No, as a new attack breaks out, Robert is confronted with a familiar face he thought he'd never see again. Boom, boom, boom. No, I, I you know, it, it, oh gosh, it doesn't really seem like Sasha's got a, a sinister plan. Sasha's walking around all dazed and shit, right? That's what it seems. Now, we see her do a thing, and then you go, okay something to a foot, right? But up until that point, you never think, oh, Sasha's planning something. So that's just a horrible synopsis. But the synopsis matches the film, because I... This film, people, it's... uh It's definitely something. It's definitely something. I... The... I mean, it's it's hard to say, right? Because the acting isn't, it's not great. We're not seeing some tremendous performances from this cast. I do feel a lot of that is the direction, right? Because there are places where you can literally see people fluff their lines and it's been left. (laughs) So I think this film, it, it... I imagine the shoot was real fast, real fast. And the budget was probably low because it's we don't get chemistry. There's no chemistry from our our people here, right? Paul and Kate are meant to be boyfriend and girlfriend, madly in love. You're going, a month ago, I was obsessed with work. Now I'm obsessed with her, right? But other than, you know, we we have them standing there, like, touching all the time. But you don't get this sense of, yo, these people are madly in love. There's not that. Right? You know, Paul and his dad. There's not this, you know, we don't feel like there's this, you know, bond. Like, there's not a bond between any of them. There is a, a scene that really just sums this all up, right? So, we have Blaine go to uh, um, Sandra, and he's like, um, she's reading a book. He's like, hey, what are you reading? And she's like, <laughs> a book. And then they, you know they both fake laugh, and it's just like, oh, oh God, this it, it, it is just horrible. It was a, a horrible line, but that is the level of writing we have here. Like there, there is just so many lines that are just. Oh, they don't work. I, I mean, listen, this is what I feel, right? I'm sure there's loads of people that will love this film. But for me, it, it, yeah, it was just a, a horrible script. Horrible script. Like, Jesus, fuck. Right? And the motivations make no sense. Right? There's, you know... When, you know, because a, look, we see Sasha be saved, then we see her do a thing, and then in the film, she, she, she says this stuff and it just like makes you go, then why did you do the thing? Right, it makes no sense. You're saying this, but your actions did this, which again, make no sense right the motivations are insane there's a bit where the bad guys are going to kill someone and he's like hey um take me to this you could at least just kill me there and they're like okay we'll do that but when he gets to this place the Like, you think, oh, well, they're going there because there is something which he can utilise or do. No. Right? They have to do a thing before he can then do a thing, right? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, all of that was banking on them doing that thing. What? Right? It was essentially... It could have been anywhere, you know what I mean? Like, you could have been like, take me there, take me there. Like, it didn't have to be this spot because there was nothing there that helped him. And that's the only reason you would think it would be like, yo, let's go there, right? It's just these things that make no sense, right? These people, You know, we're told, look, it's weeks after the place was stormed. This secret base, remember, this secret base full of army operatives is stormed. (laughs) Um, But even, you know, coming off the back of that, you'd think security would be so solid, so solid. You yeah. know, it is not like the security is laughable, and like the people themselves, it, you know, it's a bit like, Oh, I thought I heard a noise. Eh. And you'd be like, Okay, you, you, you'd assume you would be on high alert, you would be ready, you would be prepared, you know, not only because they've already gone through this thing, but their ex army. They're ex-CIA. They're meant to be these highly trained motherfuckers. But the the fight scenes, fight scenes, they, it, I mean, you, you've seen better fight scenes on Smallville, right? That's these fight scenes. You know what I mean? It, it, it's oh, It's really bad when you've got a girl fighting a guy and he is like the way it's showing, he's hitting her with everything he's got, but she's still able to do her thing. And you're just like, no, no, no. If a girl's taking a shot like that, you no, know, it's done. It's done. Right? She's going down, especially when we've seen people get knocked out in the film, right? From a punch or a hit, boom, boom. Like then now they're out cold, but we're led to believe this girl is gonna take these full blows to the face and still be be like, oh, what are we doing? Like the choreography, we we've, we've now seen the level choreography and things is incredible. Remember those fight scenes in Daredevil, which won awards, right? Like, the, the, the hallway scene in season one, which was like, yo, fight scenes in Moon Knight were great. You know what I mean? We've seen great fight scenes in TV stuff. Where, you know, you're thinking the budget isn't as big as a film and all of this. So these fight scenes, I, they make no sense. The Fight scenes make no sense. But, you know what I mean? That, you kind of figure, yeah. Okay, here <laughs> they they fit perfectly in this film, right? Now again, we're meant to be dealing with these highly trained operatives but uh, so if you you think if you find a secret passage, right? you're gonna shut the door behind you. you're not gonna leave it bang open so everyone knows, oh, there's a secret door here right? You're just like, what is happening? There's a bit when a guy goes through, he's got, you know, clearly a, a good chunk of time in front of this one guy. The, the the bad guy follows him through. But remember, he's the good guy at a clear lead. But good guy comes out, bad guy right behind, and you're just like, no, no, no. He wasn't that close. Like, what are we what the fuck just happened there? That, that makes no sense, right? And if he was that close, he could have just shot him in the tunnel. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, what what just happened there? You know, but yeah, they're 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 fighting people, but leaving enemy combatants behind, right? Not securing them, not killing them, just leaving them. Some Supposedly unconscious. And look, knocking people out, it, it, like some people, some people get knocked out, right? And it's just a, a flash knockout. You're you're back up in seconds, sometimes it, I mean it's minutes, sometimes it's hours, right? Sometimes it's hours. So you don't know. You would never know, just hitting someone going, right, they're going to be out cold for this amount of time. No. So you would secure the person. Right? Take away the weapons, tie the hands, whatever, whatever. They do none of this. And these are meant to be highly trained operatives. Right? It's, it's insane. You know, Bruce, he, he he he's retired now, right? But he, he was just making so many of these kind of Straight to DVD, low budget films, and none of them are good. And it's just like, is Bruce in trouble with the tax man? Right? What is going on? Because it's not even. Because you know, when you think of stuff like Punch Drunk Love, right? It, it's a small budget film. Adam Sandler. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna make this film. And you're watching Sandra in the film, and you can see. He's got passion for this film. He's one of his best performances, right? And so, yeah, and also we've seen other actors and actresses in low budget, but really turning on. In these films, Bruce never, he clearly, clearly phones it in. So you kind of scratch your head and go, what's the motivation here? I, I, I get the sense no one is really looking to do their best work. It, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. Now, listen, I, yeah, obviously, you can see, this film isn't for me. But here's the thing, right? If you like the first Fortress, I'm sure this one is going to be like, yo. You know what I mean? I feel this also, if you enjoyed the expendable films, Yeah, this is right up your alley. Essentially, if you've watched any low-budget Bruce Willis film and enjoyed it, Vulture Sniper's Eye is your film. It's meant to be for you, you know? But if you've watched some of Bruce's films and gone, "Ah, man, I can't stand these low-budget films. Like, what's Bruce doing? He's not putting his soul into this. Then if, if you thought that, this film is not for you. <laughs> you will not enjoy this film. So you, that, that's as good as I can give you. You know what I mean? Make of this what you will. But hey, those are my views. And that's my kind of best analogy for if you will. You know, the chances of you liking or disliking it. Right? The decision is yours. You know? Decision is yours, so it is out on all vo all your favorite VODs, and it will be on DVD from the 18th of uh, yeah, from the 18th of March, March 18th of July. Yeah, we've well gone past March. All right, so 18th of July, the DVD drops. So if you really, really enjoy it, you want to. Only well, yeah. I mean, you're gonna own it on VOD, but if you want to own the physical version of this film, 18th of July, people. But boy, yeah, <laughs> 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 Ooh, fortress snipers, and oh, yeah, that's the thing, there's no snipers here. Right, you think with the title it's gonna revolve around sniper. That's what I thought originally. You know what I mean there's gonna be a sniper in, in, on this island and he's gonna be picking them off and it will be like, no, what's going on? Oh my god, Ugh, there's a sniper. No, you watch it and you go, Where's the sniper's eye? How does that tie in with what we see? there's no relation there's no relation it's, in, it's insane but that seems real fitting for the film we watch people but yeah <laughs> you decide what the fuck you want to do all right i'm just giving you the resources now you deal with it so fortress sniper's eye yeah Okay, people. So now we jump back to 2020. Yeah, we finally uh, take a look at um. Oh my gosh, this was such a long tired Right, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, aka Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, aka Birds of Prey. Okay, so this was something that I was, you know, in kind of intrigued about back when it dropped. But I just was like, but it wasn't, I wasn't compelled to go to the cinema. You know what I mean? And then I don't want to pay to watch it when it hit Prime and all them other ones. But it's now free. So, you know. I thought I would give the film a look. So I am talking about, boy, I mean, it's got a ridiculous, long-winded title, but, yeah, Birds of Prey, right, which originally went by the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Then birds of prey, Harley Quinn, and then just birds of prey, right? I just think when you're going through that many, uh, yeah, when you're going through that many friggin', you know, what I mean, titles, that's a little bit worrying. But it was directed by Kathy Yan. Okay, it is written by Christina Hodson. Um, the film is produced by uh, Brian Uncle-less, uh Margaret Robbie herself, Sue Crow. Uh, it is executive produced by like David Ayer. Walter Hamada, Jeff Johns, Hans Ritter, and Galen Weizmann. It is co-produced by Donald Sparks and Christina Hodgson. Music is from Daniel Pemberton. Cinematography is Matthew Libatak. Uh, it's edited by Jay Cassidy and Evan Schiff. Rich Adelia handled the casting. Production design is KK Barrett. Art direction, you have Gustav Aspergen, Casra Farahini, Jordan Ferrer, and Julian. Pognoia, set decoration, Jennifer Lockhart and Florencia Martin, costume design, Erin Benich and Helen Hong, um, and our cast, well, I mean, most people know, right, Margaret Robbie, she plays Harley Quinn. We have got Mary Elizabeth Wonsted playing Helena Bertolini, aka the Huntress. Jimmy Smollett plays Dina Lance, aka Black Canary. Uh Ella J Basco plays Cassandra Kane. Um we have got Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis. Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez, man. Is Rene Montagna. I didn't, I didn't know Ro- R- Perez was in this, right? It was only recently that I just seeing her inside. Like, and it's like, yeah, I ain't seen Rosie Perez in a long time. And then yeah, turns up in this. So I was like, okay, okay. Chris Messina is a Victor Zaza. Ali Wong is Ellen Yi. Um David Bernhardt is Sionz's original chauffeur. Um Derek Wilson is Detective Tim. Monroe, who's Montagna's partner. Um Joe Baccario is Carlo Rosi. Uh, we have the Keos, so Francis Chow plays Mr. Keo. Ki Matazunga plays Mrs. Kiyo, then Anna Mikami is the daughter, Miss Kiyo. Um, yeah, I mean there's a load of other people, but they're probably the, the ones of note, right, um, the gist of the film, okay. You ever hear the one about the cop, the blonde, the psycho, and the mafia princess? Birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is a twisted tale told by Harley herself, as only Harley can tell it. When one of Gotham's most sinister villains, Roman Sinance, aka Black Mask, and his sadistic right-hand man, Zarex put a target on a young girl named Cass. The city's wicked underbelly is turned upside down looking for her. Harley, Huntress, Canary, and Montagna's paths collide, and the unlikely foursome have no choice but to team up to take Roman down. So, yes. Yeah. There you have it. So, yeah, I was, you know, wondering, because, you know, I I think it was a mix, right? There's a lot of people that really much enjoyed it. There's people that didn't. I will say it is definitely one of the better DC films. You know, it was better than Suicide, the original Suicide Squad. Still haven't seen the new James Gunn one, but it's better than that, right? I you know, like Nolan's Batman films, apart from the last one, which was horrible. I mean, there's the best shit, right? But it is it's definitely better than a lot of the stuff that has, you know, been put out there. So I will say that for it. And you can see they're going for this stylish, um, you know, kind of a bit like Suicide Squad, a bit like Sucker Punch, right? Going for this weird kind of aesthetic of the film, very bold and flashy set pieces, which, you yeah, know, they're not bad. The story, the story gets a um, a little all over the place. Right, story gets a little all over the place, and I kind of you're looking at people's motivations. Doesn't always make sense, right? The the actions people do, like when Harley, he does the thing to Case. You're just like it's not really a need to do that, right? But this is the weird thing. They they play Harley as this really intelligent person, and you're just thinking, I ain't even a dum dum should see the predicament she's in. So it doesn't really make any sense for her to then you know, think of doing a team, right, doesn't really make any sense, so you have those sort of things, right, it's, um, when you look at Canary, you know, asked to become an informant, turns it down, but you, you look at her character, and then what she does, you're just like, well, yeah, but what's the thing? Because it, it kind of felt that you didn't want to be a chauffeur, but you did. You thought the dude was a bad dude, but you you know, you were still like, eh, fine, fine. And then you start, you know, what I mean? it's just yeah, these these weird things happen. And I'd say, look with more explanation you know a better through point you'd be like okay well i can see why someone would do that but you know you can make the assumption and go okay in certain circumstances yeah someone go and do that thing but we're not really showing that with the film itself like the film itself is pretty much surface level there's not a whole heap of depth with anyone you know what I mean? It's not really with anyone. We don't really see, like, you know, obviously, right, you, you have Sinonis do some things, but it, it doesn't necessarily feel like this manic, like, just duplicitous person. It doesn't really feel like that. You know, it's just like, eh, we're watching him do stuff. You know, you kind of think, what's the deal with the black mask? Don't have no clue about that. Now, I'm I'm sure if you are a, you know, a fan of the DC comics, love that shit would make more sense to you. And you probably don't need any backstory or just any sort of clarification on the motivations and why people are doing, what they're doing, and just all of that. But I think as a lay person coming in, you are a bit like, hmm, what's happening here? What's going on, yo? You know what I mean? It's, you know, a lot of fight scenes. We get a lot of fight scenes up in the film. I hate the choreography. <laughs> the choreography makes no sense, right? Because... The fights are so slow, right? We, 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 in one of the first ones, we've got Canary's character doing a lot of kicking. The kicks were horrible. They're not good. Like, we are in the age of watching the UFC every fucking week, right? Mixed martial arts in general. We can see high-level kicking. Right, you watch, you know, glory, right? Kickboxing, lion's fight, you know, all these other things. You can see high-level kicking. What we see for you're just like, what the fuck was that? And everything's so slow where you're just like they get they get murked. Right, there's no way they're pulling these fights off or that kick is doing that damage because the click is crazy slow. Like, there's no momentum behind it. And you're telling us that kick's knocking someone out? Like, what? What? You know, so, like, I, I, look, we've seen one stud in, um, fuck, I feel it's called Lucy. It's a Netflix film. I think it came out last year. It was great. I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. But that action was so much better than this action. Right? It was more of a kinetic feel to it. You know what I mean? So it was just like, yeah, the fights and everything just felt weird. Right? You have this bit with Harley on roller skates. And you're just like, yeah, well, none of that is happening. <laughs> none of that is happening. Like, this is it's such a weird scene. And that's the thing. We get these scenes which are meant to be like, ah, oh, you know, these chases and fights and just all of this stuff. And you're like, it, there's no real flow to it, right? It's not pulling me into this kinetic situation where, like, yo, duck, move, boom, boom. No. It's just a real sedate fight. And you're just like, okay, well, they just got punched in the face. They'd be out. Right? They'd be out. Like, what are we we watching here? Yeah? So, yeah, it's things like that that are a bit of a shame here. I did kind of feel that it wanted to be edgy, right? So it's wanting to really show Harley as being like this crazy person. Look at me. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I am. And it's just like, yeah, not really. Not really. You know what I mean? We're not watching anything completely insane. And, you know, when we look at Joker, you can really see someone who is fucked up, right? The recent Moon Knight did a great job of showing, like, the uh, split person, per- per- split personality, right? But yeah, I kind—I didn't necessarily get that from Birds of Prey, you know. I—I I just think. It, it doesn't go deep enough. It doesn't build these characters enough. Black Canary does a thing later in the film, towards the end. And it's just like, at well, no point did anyone know she could do this thing. Right? So how does this person know she can, like, you know what I mean? It didn't make any sense. I, because it's like, how's anyone knowing she can do a thing? We've never seen it. It's never been alluded to. You know? It was... It's an odd. And then if she can do that, why until only now? You know what I mean? That was a thing. So, I, you know, I can see... Look, they, Ali Wong's character is... I mean, you do kind of... You'd be like, is that narrative needed? you're still telling the same story without that character, right? And I mean, that's a big thing. It's like these things happen and, you know, but you're just like, has no real impact on the film. You feel me? But, hey, I don't know the characters, right? I don't watch the Harley Quinn cartoon. So... I feel that this is for the hardcore motherfuckers, right? Those that read these DC books, you know, those that watch the cartoon, those that are fully invested, I imagine you're getting a different experience out of this one, right? But as a lay person, I'm not really, it's not built for me, you know what I mean? It's not built for me. Because I'm trying to find the depth, I'm trying to find the the motivations and you know the rationale, and I just couldn't. Especially at the very end, right at the very end, you're just like, "Well, why wouldn't you?" The other thing I find interesting as well, because and as I said, I don't know DC too tough, but I do swear that Renny Montoya is. Batwoman, right? And Cassandra Kane is Batgirl. Right? If I remember correctly, which makes this whole thing a bit like odd. But fuck, I know people. I'm I'm not yeah, I'm not like uh, up on this shit, but you know, as I said, look, I think it will work for you, depending on your knowledge and ability to suspend your imagination going in. But yeah, if you are curious, it's now free and prime, motherfuckers. So uh, yeah, Birds of Prey, hey, the hey, emancip- the fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn, or oh, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Take your pick. It's out. So, yeah, if you're down, right, if you know it, then you might want to give it a look. If you're curious, you can give it a look, you know? But, yeah, just my thoughts, baby, just my thoughts. Okay, people, so now we have the first of our new netflix joints it is hello goodbye and everything in okay so i wasn't sure wasn't sure but in the end i decided to give a look Hello, goodbye, and everything in between. You know what I mean? This is an adaptation of the Jennifer E. Smith book of the same name. It is the feature directorial debut from Michael Lewin. And it's written by Amy Reid and Ben York-Jones. Okay, it's produced by Matthew Kaplan. It is executive produced by Audrey Bendix, Jordan Fisher, Chris Foss, Matthew Jansen, Ben York Jones, Max Simeas and Jennifer E. Smith. And it is line produced by... Galen Fletcher, co-produced by Rhonda Baker. Cinematography is Bryce Faulkner. It is edited by Joe Landerer. Casting was from Tiffany Mack and John McAllery. Production design is Jennifer Morden. Set decoration is Stephanie Owl. Aj, Ajmira. Uh, costume design is Farnaz Khaki Sadi. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and our cast. Our cast. Well, we have Aiden, played by Jordan Fisher. Claire, played by Talia Ryder. Um, we have uh, got. Stella played by AO Eddie Beery. That's Claire's best friend. Scotty, who is Aiden's best friend, is played by Nico Hiraga. Um, then there's Riley played by Eva Day. Claudia played by Julia Benson. Rick played by Dallas Blake. Nancy, played by Jennifer Robertson. Steve, played by Patrick Sabunji. Tess is played by Juliet Amara. Jay, David Lennon. Colette, Sarah Gray. Deb, played by Sarah Haywood. Um, Aubrey is M. Hain. Ronda, Rhoda, is played by uh, Floozy McKnight. Floozy, Flossy, something like that. Apologies, Floozy, Flossy, however you pronounce your name. Okay, they're our main cast, okay? Now, the gist of the film is this. Claire and Aidan, who, after making a pact that they would break up before college, find themselves re- tracing the steps of their relationship on their last evening as a couple. The epic date leads them to familiar landmarks, unexpected places, and causes them to question whether high school love is meant to last. So there you go. There you go. Right? So Essentially what we see, right? We we have them meeting at a party, right? Then it's the I'll walk you home, blah blah blah, have a kiss. We hear this pact, which is asinine, and then we we kind of do a speed through the through the eight months, I think it is, eight, nine months, ten months maybe. Um, of their relationship, right? Seeing loads of different moments, hockey game, bodyboarding, you know, what I mean, just all of these different things. Then we get to the last day, right? Where they're meant to have this one last epic date before they split up. And on this day, we have them, you know, Thinking about these different situations and this time they've had together, which then goes in and fleshes out some of these moments. Not necessarily a great deal, you know, but some of them get a little bit more than we had. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, I think most people can probably guess the beats of this. Right, where it's going, where, you know, where it veers, the surprises, the shocks, how it ends. It yeah, it is that obvious. Right? Now, like, we've had several films like this, you know what I mean? And you know, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. There's an audience for it. I mean one of the things that was a little bit of a shame was the rationale, right? Because, listen, people make goofy proclamations. That's nothing new. But just the conceit of the film, right, the reason behind it all doesn't necessarily make any sort of sense, you know? Right? It's like Claire's mum and dad's were high school sweethearts, and they split up. That's essentially, and then it's just like, I don't want to end up like my parents. And it's just like, what? You know what I mean? I think, look, if you made this film in the 80s, it kind of makes some sense, right? Kind of makes some sense. But I think now it doesn't. Right? Because you think about the 80s. We only had a limited number of TV channels. Right? The the way stories were told was a lot different. The types of stories we got, for the most part, when it came to romantic shit, it was all pretty much the same. You know? And so we were all... We were kind of confined to our local area unless you traveled a lot right but once the internet came and everything that came with it right mobile phones all of that jazz it opened things up and especially now right we've got all these different streaming channels which then opens up the type of stories that get told and you know what I mean, where big studios wanted certain stories, businesses like this tells, this sells. Right. A lot of times on streams, we get these different types of stories. Also, I will say there's plenty of indie stories that have come, like In Search of a Good Night Kiss, the before trilogy by Richard Linklater, that have told different types of romance, different types of love. Right. So now we've seen that there is no oh well that happened to my pet or oh, that happened to my brother that happened to my sister because it's just like we are open up to so many different types of things right so where back in the day you could be like well that was my only real big example of right now there's even there's so many that you can look at and be like, oh, they made it work. But even then, <laughs> I will say even then in the 80s, right? Your mom and dad aren't your only influences. There's your friends. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, what do you call it? Subsidiary? Not subsidiary. People on the edge of your circle, right? Your, your friends, brothers and sisters and relatives and things like Right, where you where you see, like that they might have been in a similar situation and that worked, or you know this happened. so there's so many influences, right, in our sphere of influence, even in the '80s. But I think especially now, this is opened up so much. Basing a story in these times and then coming with this thin fucking idea does not work, because you're going to be like, yo, that ain't your only influence, what are you saying, right, just because you're, there's so many things that your parents probably did that you have no intention of doing, right, it's just kind of dumb and lazy, right, I think if all of us were just like, oh, this is an idea, I can write a book around this, it'd be like, yeah, anyone could, Now, when I say this, anyone can write a book. Obviously, not everyone can write a book. Not everyone has got the will to sit there and write and create. But what I'm saying is, if that was the the way to do it, there's a lot of people that can just go off that one basic, unthought-out thought and put together a story. I mean, we've seen a lot of people do that shit, right? And that that was a big thing, because, you know, this is based around that one stupid pact, that one idea. So it's, it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. But even before that first date, there's then a scene of them both on the phone to their best friends... Going, I don't know if it's a good idea. If this was a smart idea, am I doing the worst thing? Should I just make it work? Blah 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 blah. Right? You have that, but then they don't necessarily go with what they were thinking there. Right? Well, one of them, especially. I mean, we, we see them have the fault, but then go against it all the way through, and not even really question, you know, a lot of the dialogue, it's, yeah, I mean, come on, right, with films like this, whew, sometimes the dialogue stinks, stinks, and yeah, dialogue stunk, dialogue, stunk. it's a bit more fucking stellar, like the Aiden, oh, I'm with you, my light skin. Prince, And it's just like no one's saying that shit. Like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? I'm like, I have never said to any of my people, like, oh, you're dark-skinned, you're light-skinned, but we ain't breaking it down like that. What the fuck, yo? What the fuck? We're stupid. It was straight dumb. But, yeah, I don't know. There was a thing with a sister, which you just, which came out of nowhere, right? It wasn't as if during the course of the film, there was anything that was like, ooh, these two like each other, or anything. No, just towards the very end, there's this scene with the sister, and it's just like, what the fuck was, what? I mean, no fucking sense. And also, what's the age difference here? You know what I mean? It, it it was a weird, a weird thing to throw up in there. A real weird thing to throw up in there, you know, and then there's a whole college situation, which you'd be like, it became this big deal, and you're just like, I think most people would understand if someone didn't want to talk about that, right? And um, like. Yeah, the conversations just didn't feel necessarily like they were in this loving conversation, relationship. You know, they they didn't really feel like there was a whole heap of chemistry between any of these people, which I wouldn't say it's the actors, you know. I mean, I just think it was it came down to direction. Now, look. Right? I, I think one of the big things is this this is uh, Homie's first feature film. You know what I mean? It's his first feature film, right? Lewin. I've, I don't imagine he short short films, but yeah, I guess you give people a little slack with these situations, right? You know. But yeah, it it just doesn't, I don't know, it it felt a little flat for me, I've not read the book, I don't know what the book's like, you know what I mean, I will say though, right, although this didn't work for me, it definitely felt like, you know what I mean, to all the boys I loved before, right, and I kind of watched the first one, Definitely wasn't for me. So I did not do the next two. But this is a similar film. You know what I mean? The after we collide. Those films. You know. um, A perfect pairing. I thought we looked at that a few weeks ago. Again. This fits with that. Right. So if those type of things are your jam. This will be for you. You know what I mean? This will be for you, right? It's not for a before-trilogy person, I feel, right? You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of... It's like the difference between infant school and university, right? There's a nuance to it all, right? A lot of people be like, yo, infant school was the best time of my life, yo which is cool, this will be that, but if you want something a little bit nuanced, right, more realistic, this isn't that film, but it's cool, there's an audience for oh, all. you feel me, but yeah, it's on Netflix, people, if you enjoyed the book, you like those other films, then this will be, yeah, this will be for you, alright? Okay, our second Netflix joint and our second book adaptation. We are ending this week's podcast with Shane Austin's Persuasion. I've been looking forward to this one, right? I don't know what it is, but uh, there's something about a Jane Austen tale, right? I don't know. Something about the the goofiness of it all. And goofiness, I feel, because, you know what I mean? Motherfuckers fainting all over the place and all of that. And you're looking at it like, yo, people just don't do that shit. That ain't a thing. What the fuck? (laughs) What are these people doing? Like, in in persuasion, um, you know, someone... Concusses themselves, but it's like, I think they'll live, you know. What I mean, and you, you just like, I think it's these. You look at these situations, and it's just like, yo, how crazy was that? Nowadays, you bang your head, it's just like, <laughs> all right, don't try, don't fall asleep for a few hours. You're golden, essentially, you know. What I mean, yeah, there are situations which will kill you for sure, but. In the broad sense of the things, right? So, yeah, there's so many different adaptations. It's always interesting to see what someone's going to bring to the table. You feel me? So, this new version is directed by Carrie Cracknell. And it is adapted by Ronald Bass and Alice Victoria Winslow. Uh, it is produced by Andrew Lazar and Christina Wesley. Executive produced by David Fliegel, Michael S. Constable, and Elizabeth Cantillion. The music is from Stuart Earl. Oh. Cinematography is Joe Anderson. Uh, it's edited by Penny Scott, Dixie Chazay, handles the casting, production design is John Paul Kelly, uh, art direction is Keith Sloot, uh, set decoration is Faye Brothers, costume design is Marianne Agatouft. Um, the makeup and hair is Lindsay Bowen, Jona Carlos de Blas, Karen Hartley, Ezeta Herzik, Natalia Len tech Emma Romans, Erin Stufa, and Savannah Sullivan. Our cast. Wow, people. We have Dakota Johnson as Anne Elliot. Richard E. Grant plays her dad, Sir Walter Elliot. We have got Yolanda Kettle as her sister Elizabeth. Um, Mia McKenna Bruce is her other sister, Mary. But Mary's now a Musgrove, right? Because she married um, Charles Musgrove, who is played by Ben Bailey-Smith, right? Different role for old um, Doc Brown. Um, they've got a few children. There's Louisa, played by Nia Tower. Uh Henrietta, played by Izuka Hoyle uh Charles who's played by hardy yusuf and james who is played by jake simi um now charles's parents mrs musgrove and mr musgrove are played by eve matheson and gary beadle uh who else do we have well there is the Crofts, who Anne very much respects. Now, Mrs. Croft is played by Agni Scott. And her husband, Admiral Croft, is played by Stuart Scudamore. Uh, we've got Penelope Clay, played by Lydia Rose Bewley, who is... Uh, I mean, we see her courting Sir Walter. Um, We have got Captain Wentworth, played by Cosmo Jarvis. Uh, Then there's Lady Russell, played by Nikki Amuka-Bird. Right, Uh, she is uh, yeah, very much respected by Anne. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Captain Harville, played by Edward Blumel. Captain Burnwick, played by Aful Aful Afula, Afoul, Afoul, Ali. Um, there's Mrs. Harville, played by Jenny Ransfield. Um, Mr. Elliot, of course, played by Henry Golding, who is a cousin of um, the other Elliots, which makes it all very weird, right? So very weird. <laughs> uh, there's Val- Viscountess Lady Dal Dalrymple, who is played by Janet Henfrey, and Mrs. Carrett, played by Sophie Brooke. And the gist of the story, if you do not know, living with her snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, Anne Elliot is an unconforming woman with modern sensibilities. When Frederick Wentworth, the dashing one she once sent away, crashes back into her life, and must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second chances. So, yes, there we are with the story. Um, it would seem a lot of people are a bit irritated with this. I don't know why, right? I uh, Look, we have had Numerous, right? Numerous adaptations of this story, you know. Um, there's definitely been a few uh, um, TV TV adaptations to go dating back to the '60s, you know, '70s. I think the ones I remember are '95 version with Amanda Root and Syrian Hines. And then there was the 2007, right, Sally Hawkins and Rupert Penny Jones, Uh, you know, which I did very much enjoy, right? Uh, Persuasion was the last book from uh, Jane Austen, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I very much I, I like the story you yeah, know Austin stuff is very good right I like the story but yeah all these different adaptations bring something new to the table now I do find something that we get right I get a lot in um, an Austin tale is the the looks right you know the, the the lingering looks the camera captures them to help you know show the unrequited love and you know the different emotions and all of this. Now I will say in this version we do not get as many lingering looks. You know it's not playing for that. But I think it, it you know. In what we do get, you know, we're still getting the story. We're still getting an enjoyable take, right? It's uh, It does feel slightly modern, you know, even though it is set in uh, the actual period. They're not trying to bring it forward. You know, it plays, I believe it was, I want to say Sense and Sensibility, or it may have been Emma, right? Where we get you know the main character talking to the audience a lot, right? And you know, and breaks the uh, you know the fourth wall. I believe it's the fourth, yeah. I don't think it's the third, right? Uh, actually, I don't even know why do we say the fourth wall, right? Because essentially, let's just say a building has four walls, you know, for the most part right? I mean, it's buildings, and this is a, you know, a triangle or a hexagon or something like that. It's got four walls. So wouldn't it be the fifth wall, right? Because if four walls are the most common, so if we're saying we're going beyond that, wouldn't that be the fifth wall? You know what I mean? I feel that makes more sense, right? I feel it does. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know. Don't know why I thought of it, but there you go. Anyway, yes, we get breaking of a Wall talking to us. Right. Um, I it's been a long time since I've read the book, so I forget if that's a big part of it. Um, but you know, that is utilized and I, I, I think it you know it plays well, you know. I I enjoyed the watch. I will say. Now, it's not shiny. Um, it is it does feel a bit more vibrant than other versions, which kind of used a more autumnal, like sedate feel. you know? So it kind of really does feel older. So I mean with the more vibrant colors, it makes it feel a bit more modern. Um, and we don't, like, it probably doesn't really give us a lot of depth in these characters. You know, it is a lot of base level. I don't think it greatly harms, you know, the, 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 uh, the film itself, because, you know, you know what these characters are about, right? I mean, it, it's clear within the writing, if you haven't even read the book, but you, you understand straight out the gate who these people are, what their intentions, what they're trying to do. You know, so that's all that's all good. That's all gravy. I, you do look at it and you do kind of be like, Wentworth's stubble never changes. Okay, right? You know how difficult it is to uh you know what I mean? trim up a motherfucking beard? It's not the easiest thing, right? And, and keeping uh stubble at a certain length, it's not an easy thing. Especially they ain't got no brawn, no gillette, right? No razor club. No, they're using a straight up motherfucking switchblade right It's the it right like, that's some difficult shit so it is a bit like mm, ain't this double gonna change right it's uh, the musgrove uh, the the little boys right um uh charlie and uh uh who who do, we, do you have a little motherfucker james yeah, I was gonna say James, but I doubted myself. I should never doubt myself. But yeah, Charlie and James. Now they're little kids, right? Little kids. But one thing we do know: little kids, they grow like motherfuckers at a certain age. They never change. <laughs> you know what I mean, even though we're going over the course of, you know, it, it, it's not in the confines of you know just a few weeks. Right, it's it's months at least, if not, I'm saying maybe a year or so. Right, those little kids never change. So I think sometimes the little things like that are very noticeable. Uh listen, right. I'm all about opening things up. Right, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, we get a more diverse cast than we normally would, um, or we have in the past in a period piece, which is fine, right? It's fine. Um, it is a little bit weird though when you then give those um larger shots, right? Because it's just like, okay, you get you 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 know. You're trying to mix it. You're making it diverse gravy. Even no, you know what I mean like motherfuckers ain't gonna be getting those titles, right? Because we know what happened in those times, right? We know what it was. But so yeah, you, you've added diversity to our main cast, but then when you see like street shots and things like. There's not really the diversity there. So it does make it seem a little weird. You know what I mean? It is just like, okay, so if you're saying only these people, only diversity here, then all man's on the streets, they won't be staring. There's going to be those little glancing looks. Right? So it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're like You've got to throw it everywhere. you got to throw it everywhere, right? Otherwise, it comes off a little bit weird, but, you know, there you, are, there you go, right? The music, I did like the music. The music is nice, and it isn't necessarily there to give you the emotion of the scene. I did think at times, maybe pare it down a little bit, right? Maybe pare it down a bit. But it was very enjoyable in its construction. Um, yeah, listen, we are rocking this motherfucking film. It's about uh, an hour and forty minutes, I would say. An hour and forty minutes, I think. Um, so yeah, not too long, right? It's okay. It's all right. It's all good. I liked it. You know, I, I did it like you do even though right they've made these changes and all of that, the you know, they, the emotion of the scene is evident. Right? It is evident. So it is, you know, and they they put together a nice little thing. So I wouldn't you know just read some of these reviews and be like, ugh, it must be terrible. It's not terrible. It's different, you know what I mean? It's definitely got a different feel to some of those other adaptations. Doesn't mean it's bad, right? So I'd say keep an open mind. Um, Yeah, if you enjoy a modern twist in a period set piece persuasion could very well be for you you know could very well be for you i will say right one thing that i do find interesting about the whole thing though right is like in the synopsis you know where it's like um I'm living with her snobby family and you kind of feel right i mean yeah, she ain't really no better, right? Because if she weren't up on that shit, she'd have old, she would have married old Frederick at the beginning. But she was taught out of the wedding because he he wasn't rich. Now he showed her his ambition, but that wasn't enough. Right? So you can't really say you're better than others (laughs) if you aren't doing a thing because of, you know, class and wealth. Right? I I, I do find that the interesting part of the story. Because it's just like, oh, all these other people around me are kind of cray-cray. But uh, I'm I'm not like that. I'm like, kind of you kind of are. <laughs> you know I mean, you kind of are, right? And when someone's like, "Oh, that's my cousin," <laughs> you know, everyone's just like, "Ooh, ooh, I want to know cousin," right? It's just like hey, that's a category on Pornhub, kids. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, it should be like, "Yeah, that's a relative. We don't do that shit." But yeah, they're all on it. It's kind of crazy, right? Kind of crazy. But hey, those those kids back in the day were a little, they were interesting. But yeah, people, persuasion. It's on Netflix right now. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, right? As I say, if you like a little modern, then I think it could be for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, people, so we've reached that time again, but before we bounce, let's take a look at a little bit of film news, shall we? Okay, so over at uh, Apple, we have got Project Artemis. All right, I'm about to uh, take off. Um, it was originally gonna be uh Jason Bateman directing, but he had to leave. He wanted to step right, he's gonna be directing with them and um, Tatum. He's, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Star, like I it When I hit it from and I'll be right back. So, yeah, yeah. My yeah. to, a pitch to Written ooh. by music, you Um, i you know, specifics Under Acts. But i based around the 1968. 4, like 11, years. and um, romantic comedy. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see what the fuck happens. All we'll right, will see. Okay, so um, we had a lot of talk, right? we being in the room, right? It took my head like to work for a bit, but then, you know, actually came about right and So now, I'm um, right? going to go down. I'm going to Sixteen of September, so it's gonna drop on cinemas and on VODs on the same day. You know, and it then hit showtime on the twenty eighth. Sure. So, uh, hello. Um. Well, I think it's gonna. It's gonna be on Paramount. I'm going to my head I'm what going to right. so, um, yeah, i going we can see. Okay, so, um, yeah, we have a new film coming, called, um, Marmalade, it's gonna be starring Joe Keery. Alvis Hodge and Camilla Moreau. Um, it is being directed by Keir McDonald's. Right, um, it says it's based around a naive small town man who ends up in jail and narrates the colorful tale of a romantic paint place to his cunning cellmate to escape and reunite the alluring love of his life. Hmm. Hmm. See, uh, that. Right, so they are making a film around Doctor Audrey Evans, right? So, um, you know, she is part of uh, house, That's right? Um, the film is called Audrey's Children and Natalie Dormer has signed on to star as Audrey uh, Evans. Right? So, um, yeah, it's being directed no. by Amy Cannon Man. Um, yeah. I mean, it's set in the 70s. Right? Uh oh. It's written by Julia Fisher-Barb-Barbman, and okay. we've um, also got a new film um, from Thomas Vincent. It's called Roleplay, and it's starring Bill Knight, Connie Nielsen, David Olleyo, and Keenan Zika. It is when written by Seth Owens, Owens and Angie Baldwin. Baldwin, and it's, it's based around a married couple whose life is turned upside down when secrets come like out like about each other's problems. Okay, sounds groundbreaking. Um... Okay, okay, right. Lisa Steen, um, her new film *Late Blue*, which is written by Anna Renfield. Right. Mm. Is starring Karen Gillen, Jermaine Fowler, Margaret Sophie Sting, Kevin Nielsen, and Talia Balzan. And it's about an aimless millennial who drunken breaks her hits, leading her in physical and physical. There she makes an elderly Polish best friend who speaks no English. Gives her courage to face her mother's early onset. Um, So Lee Daniels, right? He's got a new horror film coming to Netflix called The Deliverance. It's going to be starring Omar X, Demi Singleton, Miss Lawrence, and Anthony B. James. All right. I'm um. <laughs> Hmm. along with Glenn Close, Monique, the new Alice, Calibre, Lachlan and Tasha Smith. Right? It's uh, about a mother who fights for a life, life and the souls of her children after discovering a new home is haunted by a pneumonia. Uh, hmm. I'm going to try where to go with you, that one. Oh, wow. The daytime watch right there, people. Um, I'm getting a remake, right? Oh, it's going to be Ripple Wild. Um, so the original is around a family. This one is um, about a problem, right? So it is, um, directed by Ben Chetay, um, yeah, who wrote the film with Mike Nugent and me. Uh, is basically great right, um as they a brother and a sister who love but distrust trust each other as they embark on a white water rafting trip for a small group same group includes the siblings child friend who turns out to be more dangerous than he is So, the film is going to be starring um, Adam Brody, Leighton, Mester, and Karen Kilman. Uh, Mester and Kilman are the brother and sister, and uh, Scott, sorry, Brody is the best friend. um, talking of Scott, right, Adam Scott. Who, um, yeah, really good in severance, right? Over on Apple TV, he is the latest person to sign up to Natalie Web over Sony. So, this is part of Sony's Marvel miniature universe, you know. Based around the yeah. uh, so, um, mm. I mean, people. I signed up. To I it's no, it, Directed it, by Clarkson, like um, and Matt <laughs> and When I hit right it. from behind, will be right back. Yeah, that's my very next um, line. I keep it- sorry, um, um, uh, We have got another cast member uh, of June cast. So this is, um, so Elia, uh, right? Um, she's a Swiss actress, and it's a swing, rock, Good. It's a small rock. Ah, all right. Um. She's playing. Uh. Shish. Right. So in the books. When Paul makes his first ride on the sand world, he's given book, and um, yeah, this character keeps him in the book a dude, but in really so it is going to be a yeah. you know? I can't wait for this is coming though the 2023 which is, uh, a long last time but it has been, been the so uh, if that is the opening of closing night film um, yeah. couple more things. Couple more things. Yeah, so, um, Ryche, mm-hmm. with has been tapped by Disney to direct the Um, and um, kind of live action. Film right it. is it's gonna have some CD, a, CD as well. Like one one, two, one, I don't know how you really do live action bro. every other way, right? Lido and Stitch, you're a little girl talking to her. I don't even know what the fuck that can be, right? You'll know, be honest, I know you feel like I've seen like, you. Yeah, Right, so it looks like it's going to be written by Chris Kekanakalani, right? Um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see what the fuck happens with that one, right? Now, um, if you like promising young woman, you might be happy to learn that the Emerald Beno is going to be, um, I'm told for you, I'm and it is leave. Yeah. You know? yeah. i Right, so she's coming on to play. Um so the film is really, you know gonna be written by Shay right? Um and directed by Lynn Wiseman. Um and yeah, Fennel has come on board to they say punch up the script. I feel it's like, you know, because Ballerina is around a female character, right? Played by um, Anna and um, So, you know, I mean, what we see at a lot of times nowadays, if it's not written, written by a woman, they bring a woman in to kind of even look at the script and be like, I mean, you don't necessarily talk like that. I been doing that might be a bit, you know what I mean? So it's one of them. Ones, right? And I think it, we'll on the film, it depends on the film, depends how much they get involved, but and break it down, yeah. it the blow, you we'll it me, will see, right? We'll see. I'm looking forward to the film, baby, me anything oh, like that's right, in the John Wicks, be So, like, yeah, looking forward to it. but that is it. I did mean, done no for another week, and uh, this week, so it might be among out Outlook next week, week. Alright people, hope you've enjoyed it, chill with your peoples, hey, if you haven't checked out last week, go back yet, One, three, into fucking awesome, so yeah, go check that out, chill with your peoples, oh, jazz, and until next time, enjoy film watching. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>